We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to Talk in Buffalo podcast, where we often highlight but are not limited to Buffalo sports, news, media, and entertainment. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter at Pat Moran Tweets. Thanks for locking in today. We took a break last week, but Casual Friday is back today. My man, Joe Yurden, is with me. Dude, what's going on? <laughs> I'm laughing looking at you. And again, I always start this way. I keep forgetting that people are only listening and not seeing, but I'm dying, man. I'm dying right now. I'm in an attic. Essentially, I'm in an attic, just like with Aaron on Tuesday, but this is way worse because it's so humid, man. I'll get through, though. I'm a, I'm a trooper. The what's humidity? up, buddy? Oh, man. Uh, I'm with you on the humidity. Like, I could deal with 87 degrees fine, but like, humid get lost and like you were in florida but like everywhere in florida has got to have ac but like up here there's some old houses up here like my building's ancient and like ac is not really allowed so like it's buying every every kind of tower fan and circular fan that i can handle that that will not fry the grid here so yeah (laughs) well in fairness to me here okay i care about the listener more than anything else because I mean, it doesn't make a big difference, but I do have a fan in the in the window. Mm-hmm. It's old. It's probably older than I am, which is saying a lot, but at least it pumps out something. Mm-hmm. However, with my microphone so close to it, if I put it on, you would hear a buzzing, annoying sound the entire podcast. <laughs> so I'm suffering for the listener right now, just to give you a better, at least slightly better audio quality. But now I've introduced potential little kids that are outside next door running around, which I'm like, of course, of all nights, they got to be doing this shit tonight. So if you hear a couple of kids yelling and screaming around it, at least it's better. <laughs> it's better than a fan. You know, what's funny, Joe is, uh, I was talking to you earlier today. We're taping mm-hmm. this Thursday night, which by the way, it's nighttime and it's still human as shit out. But anyway, we were talking about, uh, getting a, a sponsor and starting to do this show casual Fridays, eventually, uh, at a place, you know, we'll, we'll go somewhere each week. We'll eat, we'll shoot the shit. We'll do, and we'll do our casual Friday thing. This, that plan is getting accelerated after this. Oh yeah. I promise you this. <laughs> Make sure we they got will AC. find, <laughs> we're going to find a sponsor real quick and we're going to hook up at least for the summer months, man, uh, to, to find a taping spot. You had a great, uh, you had a great reply to me today when I said that we'll pod for food. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, st- I'll stand outside with the, with the cardboard sign that's, you know, written in, 
written in shitty marker. Just you know, we'll we'll pod for food. That's that's fine. <laughs> we'll do it. Fe- feed us, and we'll we'll talk you up like crazy. We're shameless. It's fine. Yeah. Which, by the way, that good segue into uh, for people who didn't get a chance to listen yet on Wednesday night, I debuted the uh, Finer Wings Club, which is a series I've been waiting for months to be able to do. Essentially, what I'm doing is. I don't want to say every week, but almost every week I plan on getting together with a couple of guys from or girls from the sports media or athletes, whoever, and just going to different uh, spots for wings and, and taping a show. A lot of fun to do. And this Wednesday, we kicked it off at Mulberry. Have you ever been to Mulberry, by the way? Unfortunately, no. I've seen it repeatedly on Triple D, Guy Fieri's Triple D. Like I've seen that episode mm-hmm. countless times. And every time I see the meatball, I'm like, I got to go and eat it. I, I got to go and have a Mulberry meatball. But I haven't gone I had, yet. It's I've been here I, almost eight years and I haven't been. I had said meatball on Wednesday that, that you're referring to. Um, so here's the deal, man. Real quick here. I don't want to get off topic from casual Friday, but so on earlier in the week, I had talked to my buddy who owns Sunny Reds. That's where I originally wanted to do the show. And the owner of or one of the owners of Mulberry also has a piece of Sunny Reds, but Sunny Reds is like they're one of those restaurants right now, bars, restaurants that are only open like three nights a week, still kind of recovering a little bit from COVID understaffed, which is very sadly, you know, this very common right now of what's going on. Anyway, he called his buddy who again is a, is a partner there and said, well, come, let's set you up in Mulberry and we'll do a show there. So Matt Perino, Nate Gary and myself went there. I never knew they had chicken wings. Now they're almost, I don't want to say famous, but they're very well known for Italian food, man. They're right up there with like, uh, Ilios and a couple other places amongst the best Italian food mm-hmm. in Western New York. Didn't even know they had wings. I am telling you, and we got to go there sometime, man. Blown away. And I got to repeat what I said on Wednesday just because, you know, it was the heat of the moment. Maybe I was talking to them, I want to say emotional about wings, but I was just <laughs> shocked. I was stunned. It's been a couple of days later now, and I'm taping this with you, and I'm telling you, man, these were some of the best wings that I've had anywhere in Western New York. And I truly had no idea until about four or five days ago that they even had wings. Trey White Spicy Barbecue, dude, were the shit. Nice. Spicy Barbecue, man, that's such an underrated sauce. Because like, I got, um, when I was at Mimosa's a few years ago, like I, I went there on John Warrow's recommendation. And he was like, he's like, dude, Mimosa's has like the best wings in the area. I'm like, best in the area is like, that's, that's, that's a big, that's a tall order. And he's like, get the, right. he's like, get the spicy barbecue. And I was like, really? Okay. And so like they, like you can get it hot like hot barbecue and i was like all right and he's like wait 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 you got the hot barbecue and i go yeah he's like you didn't get a medium barbecue i go no there's a difference he's like well yeah it's you could have got it hot or you could have got it medium with the barbecue and i was like oh no i got a hot barbecue he's like you're brave and i was like no they were freaking great (laughs) yeah like it was it was such a good like zippy barbecue flavor so good uh, which I do recommend that place highly like that. The, the wings, I'm sure. I think you've been to Mimosa's, right? Yeah, I've been there. They're, they're pretty high up there. I, I like them. I, I do. I, are you going to make me give credit to John world for something though? <laughs> you don't have to, you <laughs> don't right, have I'm to, not- but like, that's the place, that's the place he will always go to bat for when it comes to yeah. wings. Cause he, he's, he's a huge fan of that. And you know, Gabriel's gate as well, but I think, yeah, I think everybody Lonnie loves Owls. Gabriel's gate. Right. Yeah. So like, um, <laughs> But yeah, like yeah, hot barbecue, man. Like that's really good. And one of the places you were talking about, if we wind up there, their barbecue wings might be some of the best in the city, especially they where they're like that that particular location. They might be the best in the city. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned for that, by the way, everyone listening. But um, yeah, without question. But here's the thing about Mulberry. This is uh, to finish my point. 
This, they were spicy barbecue, but they weren't even the best wings. The best wings were actually their normal ass medium wings. Wow. Absolutely sensational. Most places in, in Western New York with wings, it's Frank's and butter, some mm -hmm. ratio of it, and maybe they'll sprinkle a little something else. Not Frank's with, I'm telling you, man, these were completely different. They reminded me, I, I, don't, I, th I don't think you've been to Sunny Reds, which doesn't mm -hmm. surprise me because for the most part, they're kind of the same owners. In fact, I accuse the owner of Sunny Reds. It's like, these are the same thing. And, uh, and Nate said that too, but they're not. The owner insists <laughs> that there's one or two other little things that they do, uh, that they do differently. But yeah, mm -hmm. but anyway, my point was, God damn, Mulberry, I did not expect that. There's, there's nothing better, Joe, whether it's wings or pizza or a steak, chicken, whatever it is. When you go to a restaurant, you're not really expecting much and you get blown away by the food. That's like one of my favorite things, man. Love well, see, it. Like, that, it honestly surprises me because at Mulberry, I'm thinking every time I go to a place like that where their specialty is one thing, like it's Italian, it's, you know, it's the homemade pasta, lasagna. all the stuff they do there. Like, yeah, you, yeah. Get, you get the huge lasagna and like you're not going there thinking like I'm going to get wings. You're like they got it mm -hmm. on the menu because they're like, we're Buffalo. We got to have wings. We got them. But like you ain't going there to be like, no, I'm just came here for the wings. I only wanted those. But like, it's just kind of, it just seems like it's the kind of place where they throw it on the menu. You just be like, all right, you, we got them. But like, you know, you want to eat everything else there. And then they, then you go in there and you're like, no, we're here specifically for the wings. And then they, they just blow your doors off with like great wings. And it's just like, opens up a whole new door to a place. Cause now you're like, well, I could get like these, these other appetizers or I just get a plate of wings to, to get, to go with my <laughs> lasagna. Like that's, I mean, I need a, I need a cot outside the restaurant after eating wings and, and a lasagna. Cause I'd be out cold right afterwards, but man, I'm, well, I, I'm genuinely surprised. I, I, I am too. And it was cool because they, they kind of treated us like rock stars. Like they did bring out these, this big ass meatball. I mean, this huge, meatball it was i don't want to say it was as big as it was bigger way bigger than a baseball put it that way okay mm -hmm. and or it was like a size of a softball that's a better uh description and then some kind of meatballs with all kinds of cheese on it which i, I don't like that matt Perino was destroying that shit <laughs> but yeah the meat the meatball was really good but joe you know it was real funny before we dive into some stuff here i i we hinted at this it happened in in real time so it's not like i got to reflect on it so we did our, you know, we talked about the wings, talked about the restaurant, talked about Buffalo, you know, kind of like you and I do. It was mm -hmm. a little bit of a casual conversation. And then ultimately, because I had two Bills guys on and turned to Buffalo Bills conversations. And the topic was a couple of concerns, Matt and Nate, we were going to talk about a couple of concerns that they have, not necessarily weaknesses on the team, but at least concerns going in the training camp, a couple of potential positions that might have some red flags. Mm -hmm. And as we were segueing into that no lie 12 feet away dawson knox is sitting at a table with his girlfriend <laughs> enjoying a dinner so mockingly to mockingly to some extent i i turned to matt and all of a sudden my voice got real lower i said let's not say nothing but one of these guys is right here <laughs> you know we're talking about <laughs> dawson knox because absolutely in my notes tight end was like i think it was the second position it was interior offensive line and uh and tight end that we were talking about so it was just funny to be talking about Dawson Knox as a potential, uh, you know, concern going into camp, going into year three with Dawson Knox happened to be sitting right there. Matt, <laughs> I mean, Matt Perino took up for him and Matt, you know, Matt gets called a homer sometimes by fans. He's not, by the way, but uh, mm -hmm. he had some good takes on him. But it was just really funny to be talking about Dawson Knox, not planned with Dawson right. Knox sitting there at, at, a, at a table, like, I don't did know, he, not even 12 feet away. Now, did he turn around at any point and just be like, 
Okay. No, he didn't hear us. It was it was okay. busy. It was busy. A lot of a lot of ambient noise and uh. But he did wait. You know, he said what's up. him and Matt Perino obviously have a relationship. Matt covers uh, right. the bills, so it, it was just funny, man. But what what a great place. And you know, I'm bitching about this humidity, but it is summer in Buffalo. I guess mm. it's that time of year. I, a lot of people are pissed off at me because they're accusing me of, of bringing the summer rain with me from Florida. So a lot of people already hate me. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, it's. You're gonna and take there it, it is. Hold on, is that, the, is that the Joe Yurden fire siren? It's, it's not a podcast side, without it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it seems like every other summer we get the humidity really something awful. Like, and it lasts all summer, and it's just miserable. Like, but like right. last year we had it bad for like maybe a week and a half or two weeks, but it was disgusting. Off, like going to like going to sleep, and like you got to lay like towels down on your bed so you don't sweat through the sheet like disgusting just like you got to change the bed sheets every day gross and then it was fine like a week and a half of just gross disgusting humidity and it was it was basically a normal not humid summer the rest of the way this year it's been like not awful humidity but steady humidity and now it's just like we're getting rain we're getting like daily showers which is you know it's a summer thing but like getting them more often like come roaring off the lake like they have it's like uh all right okay like this is this is a little different than i mean maybe it's a little different because this hasn't been like a summer i've had here yet maybe it's normal but it's it struck me as a little weird to have like almost like almost it's not as fierce as the daily florida thunderstorms you get like every you know 4 p.m but like it's it's florida e though it's like florida ish a little bit i mean it's a little bit. I mean, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, we don't have to worry about getting a hurricane here. At least that's no. Thank goodness for that. But like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it, the wind's been kind of nasty human. coming off the lake. So yeah, maybe maybe I'm used to like really rough summer humidity, but I haven't felt the humidity much. Not as obviously as much as as you guys up here. But uh, I've actually been kind of comfortable. I got really thin blood right now because mm-hmm. there's been a couple nights where I've met up with a couple buddies and uh. I've actually showed up and it's been raining a lot like you talked about, but I've had not, not heavy ones, but like I've had some fleeces on. I've had some light, uh, light hoodies on and people oh, are looking man. at me like, what the hell, man? You what and, you you and winter is going to be, it's going to be a it's shock not to gonna the work. system. <laughs> it's not. You're going to get your balls busted all winter long. Yeah. You're going to be at a Bills game one weekend and it's going to be, it's going to be 30 degrees, which is fine. You know, it's like 30 degree game in like November or something like that. You're going to be at the game and then pe- people, you're going to be like, park it up. You got the you got the toque on and you're just you know you're just huddled in the coat you're just like I hate every bit of this why did I come up here and people are gonna be like shirtless in the stands and just be like yeah it's thirty of November let's go <laughs> very much so well you know what I I knew what I was signing up for so uh, the the good still outweighs the bad the winter's gonna suck for me but uh, the good outweighs the bad I have been so I've been everywhere for almost two weeks now and. Last week, I didn't do shows because I just wanted to get, you know, settled in and kind of used to everything again and figure out what my routine was going to be. But then I started remembering some things like there's a couple things about Buffalo that are just different than Florida. Well, I was going to say not always good, not always bad, but I'm going to tell you one thing. And I don't know how many people, and if you're from Buffalo and I guess you don't know other areas, you really don't think about this much, but I have because again, I've been in Florida for five years and I've also traveled in been to a lot of other Southern areas, seeing other people and family members over these last five, six years or whatever. But you know what's messed up about Buffalo or Western New York? Cops. Not cops as in being bad cops or good cops. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean. Cops love in Western New York to hide behind uh, 
you know, whether it's speed traps or in driveways out these side mm-hmm. streets, cops in Western New York just love to catch them. Somebody's speeding five, six miles over the speed limit or rolling through a stop sign instead of running. Mm-hmm. Or if you're making a left and a double lane, you're not turning to the left and then singling over. They just love catching people doing shit and making that town money. I can't believe in just seven days, I probably have seen more people pulled over and I've seen more cops just kind of hiding out, waiting for somebody to do anything wrong than I've probably seen in three to four years worth down in the South. It's crazy. I don't need, and again, if you're only from up here and you only know that, you probably don't even know the difference because you've never been anywhere else. I, I was going to say that that must be a very particular suburbs uh, happening because here, here in the, in the village and downtown, none of that happens. People, right, yeah, you're right. People you're just go city. right through stop signs. <laughs> they're you're cha- right. like, you're going through like, you're going through like Delaware park and people are just cutting over three lanes to exit because their GPS was like, turn right up here. And they're like, you're Oh right. shit, let me go all the way over here. Nothing. People, like, no signals. Not like it's, it's lawless. It's lawless. Great not point. in the way that like people rage about it on talk radio it's lawless because nobody has any sense of how to drive like a normal human being out there i'm driving out there like i'm a like i'm a freaking lunatic like signal idiot like so even today i was coming back for i was out today at the you know running around the store doing doing stuff and it's it's one of the thousands of lights on delaware on delaware ave and you know everybody's lined up at the light stop fine I'm like second in line or third line. The person in front of me is turning right. They didn't signal a, and they didn't hit their brakes. They just rolled very slowly, like forward. Like they were just like kind of lurching into traffic, but they just decided to like, I don't need to hit the brakes. I'm just going to go right. I almost drove right through the back of them because they didn't signal. And like, they're, they're like, they just carried like right through. And I'm like, like screaming in my car, like, just like, just do tell me what you're doing, please. So I don't drive right through the back of you and cause like a, you know, a, a friggin', you know, Jerry Bruckheimer car accident, you know, scene, like just Jesus, man, get it together. But it, <laughs> well, it's, it's just like, but like, this is, it goes this way everywhere, everywhere, downtown, everywhere in the village, North Buffalo, it doesn't matter. No, no police are stopping anybody for any of that stuff ever. Yeah, I absolutely stand corrected. I should have said that. Not the city of Buffalo. Forget I wasn't talking about the city of Buffalo. I'm talking, well, let's see, West Seneca. I'm talking Hamburg. I've been in Orchard Park. Mm-hmm. So like those areas, like in the South Towns, and I know it's the same in the North with the Amherst. I've been around, you know, plenty of that, Tonawanda. Cops in Western New York, because I mean, let's face it, you pull someone over, you get somebody a, a speeding ticket or whatever, you're making that town money. You know, mm-hmm. like in Florida, they have cameras on most of the lights. And if you run that red light, man, you're getting tagged. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, but the patrolling is so much less in, in down there than it is here. And again, I, I know it's not picking and nothing against cops. I mean, that's what they're training. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to make their, their district or wherever they're from money. And that's mm-hmm. the way you make money. You catch Joe Yard and roll, rolling through a stop sign. <laughs> I've noticed it. It's weird the way I've noticed it, but it was just, it really, for whatever reason, and there's so many, listen, man, there's a trillion things about Buffalo that I absolutely love, and I'm so happy to be back, but that's one of the things that I noticed right away. I'm like, God damn, man, there's another person pulled over. There's another person pulled over. Here's an inspection checkpoint. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, uh, it's I, nuts. I, I, don't, I don't know if I should tell the story now or like if we get ranting about this another time, but there was a night coming back from hanging out with buddies at Tully's, like Tully's, very tame 
place to hang out, watch Monday Night Football. And had one beer that night, one, one beer. So I'm driving back. And, you know, the, the other classic Buffalo thing to do, when the light goes yellow, you run that yellow like crazy, even after it's been red for five seconds. Sure. So, so I busted through a yellow and I'm going down, don't go, going down Sheridan and Tonawanda cop pulls me over and I was like, yep, yeah, all right. Well, you probably got me going through the light. Okay, fine. So I pull over and the guy's like, he's like, Hey, how you doing? Like really affable, super, super nice dude. He's like, Hey, how's it going tonight? And I was like, ah, well, you pulled me over. So it could be better. And he goes, uh, He's like, you know why I pulled you over, though? And I go, eh, it was probably something to do with that light, right? And he's just like, no, 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 you were okay with that. And I go, what's the problem? He's like, one of your headlights is out. And I was like, oh, for crying out loud. So he's just like, yeah, 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 don't worry. He's like, where are you coming from? I was like, Tully's. He's like, oh, anything to drink tonight? And I was like, had a beer? And he's like, all right, okay, that's that's no big deal. He's like, you're driving fine. It's just, you know, you got a headlight out. He's like, hang on, I'm, I'll be right back. So he goes back to the car, comes back. He gives me a thing like, get the light bulb changed for you know by tomorrow. Just bring it over to the police station everything will be fine. I was like, okay, fine. Take off. And like, I'm, you know, anytime you get pulled over, you're just afraid. You're just like, like just, you're, you're just on edge no matter what. So I'm heading my way back to, to the apartment and I'm going down, you know, take Sheridan, go down Delaware and going down Delaware. And I pass like, there's a couple of Kenmore cops that were sitting, you know, sitting, you know, just parked and they were talking to each other. And I was, I drive past them and I was like, they won't come after me, will they? And then one cop turns out and he starts following me. I was like, no way, really? Lights go on. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so Kenmore cop, a little, a lot more stern, much more stern. Very much so. And he goes, uh, he's like, he's like, you know why I pulled you over tonight? So I took the, uh, so I took the warning or the, uh, the light thing from the Tonawana cop that I got. And I go, let me guess my headlights out. And I just show, I show him the paper and he's, he goes, what? And he looks at it and he's like, no way. And <laughs> like this broke him. And he goes, no way. He's like, oh, that guy got you. And he's like, ah, oh, all right. And he's like, well, where are you coming from? And I was like, Tully's watching the game. My buddies. He's like, I was like, I had one beer and he's like, all right, well, I got to give you a cup. I got to do some tests. And I was like, all right, fine. You know, like I'm not fearing this, but like now I'm just like, I've been pulled over twice in five minutes. So I'm just like, ah, all right. So the first thing, and I don't know if I'm giving away the playbook here, if you get pulled over by Kenmore cops for, for a sobriety test, but he goes, I need you to tell me the alphabet without singing. And I was like, Ooh, I like that because how does everybody do the alphabet? They sing the friggin' song. And I was right. like, you know what? That's great. Because if you're tipsy, you're immediately going to start singing like a bird doing the alphabet. So he's just like, yep, just tell it to me. And I was like, Oh yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, yeah, that's cool. He's like, I got another one for you. And if we had video for this, I would try to demonstrate it. But I'll try to show you, Pat, how he did this. He's like, okay, I want you to do this thing with your hand where you thumb, touch your pinky, ring, middle, forefinger, then forefinger, middle, ring, pinky, and do it like do it like three or four times in a row, basically making sure that you know what you're doing. So by the time I start doing this, my hand's shaking. Like, I'm just like, I've been pulled over twice. I've got a sobriety test now. And he's just like, I did it like once through. And he's like, okay, okay, you're good. I was like, thanks, <laughs> because this has been really stressful because I've been pulled over twice in five minutes. So like, he lets me go. Everything's fine. He's just like, yeah, you're getting your light fixed. So like, don't worry about it. So I driving back and then get out of, I get out of Kenmore and I see a Buffalo police car. And I was like, there's no way I'm getting pulled over by Buffalo police within this, the, the, the boundaries of the city of Buffalo. 
And I was not because they don't care. They're just like, we got crime <laughs> to fight. We got people that we got right. other things going on than some dude without a headlight being out. Like this is like, everything's fine. I could have ran multiple red lights and they'd be like, eh, it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with some saber talk right after the break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, like, the one piece of official news this week with the Sabres so far as we, well, it's after 8 o'clock on Thursday. I'm pretty confident nothing's going to happen before people wake up this Friday morning. Anyway, Jeff Skinner waived his no-trade clause. Obviously, that means now the Sabres can protect someone else. It would appear that they had a dilemma, at least from what you would, you would think anyway, between Bjork, Thompson, Asplund, one of them would have got exposed. Now, because Skinner did waive his no-trade uh they can protect them all. Obviously, Jeff Skinner, I don't think he's any kind of threat to get selected by Seattle. $9 million a year for the next six years. So, yeah, he ain't getting taken. But uh, were you a little surprised that Skinner agreed to it? Because do you think maybe he got some kind of assurance from Seattle that, or that Seattle wouldn't take him? Like, how do you think that played out? I don't think he was surprised he was asked. Uh, being a honestly. team player? He's a team guy. Like, I remember when they acquired him from Carolina in that trade and the guys in Carolina, Brenda Moore, you know, Don Waddell, everybody couldn't wait to kick him out the door because they had this problem, that problem, and the other problem with him, like whatever the deal was. And you're just looking at this guy, like he's the most sweet faced guy ever. He smiles all the time. What, uh, what, what did he do? Did he, you know, was he leaving flaming bags of crap on everybody's door every morning? Or like, you know, what, like, what did this guy do to necessitate them? You know, just, taking punches at him on the way out the door and he you know and Skinner had every opportunity and every time we talked to him to ask about you know when Carolina came to town the first time and you know right when he was acquired they were just like hey man like got anything to say about how it went in Carolina he was just like no like you know it's uh, you know that's their opinion and that's that and it was just like dude you can punch back like you can you can be like hey these guys are assholes for a through z reasons he never did because he was he's moved on from it. It was over, and now he's and he was he's like I'm a Buffalo. I've got you know I yeah, I got this team to worry about, and we're you know try to win here. So like that guy's a team guy, and and honestly, I think he probably knew in the back of his mind there's no way Seattle's taking his contract. <laughs> you know, like I think he had to know like like they can expose me. It's fine. I'm, they're not taking me anyways. Like that's 
it's fine. But like it, it's great PR. It's it look makes him look great. Like, hey, team guy, he's going to help keep some young guys around. So it looks great on him, but but he he wasn't going to go anywhere anyways. Like that's that's that was never going to happen. Agreed. And yeah, I mean, he waived his no trade to come to Buffalo a couple of years ago. I don't think he wants to go out to a an expansion team in Seattle. So yeah, a guy's going to get protected who probably would have been a prime candidate to uh to get taken heading on. And I mentioned those three guys already. From what it seems, anyway, it, it feels like like Will either Will Borgen or or Miller or uh, Ristolainen, if they don't if they don't um, put him on the protected list, mm-hmm. could get taken. A little a little talk about Gergensen's. Uh, I don't know about that. Who do you feel like they're most in danger of losing? And by the way, I, so we're taping this Thursday, I, I believe. When people hear this today, isn't the uh, is it tomorrow or is it Friday or is it Saturday where the uh, the protected uh, is due then. I, I, I don't remember. I should should know this off the top of my head, but I it's don't. It's either Friday or Saturday. I think it's Saturday because I because uh, talking with some other friends of mine, we were just like, there could be a lot of action tomorrow being Friday. So there could be some other, there could be some trades happening. There could be some other stuff going on for, for teams to get their last shot to protect or uh, to protect, you know, guys that they want to protect and just kind of get, you know, cover their bases, so to speak. So I think it's Saturday. Because next week is going to be mayhem. There's going to be tons of stuff happening next week. So um, that's going to be interesting. I think I got a funny feeling my phone's going to be ringing off the hook <laughs> all next week with people just being like, what the hell happened? Um, but yeah, it's, I think when it comes to who they're most in danger of losing. Let me ask you this, Joe. Do you, uh, do you think, as things stand right now, are they going to protect? Because they're obviously definitely going to protect three defensemen. It's going to be Darlene. It's going to be Yoki Haru. Are they going to protect Rasmus Ristolainen or are they going to protect Will Borgen? I think they're going to protect Ristolainen uh, because, yeah. because I think in their mind – now, for a couple, there's a couple reasons. One, they may already have a deal worked out with a team that may or may not be able to protect them anyways. So you just say, all right, well, we'll protect them. We'll save it. We'll get the trade done once, every, you know, once everybody's lists are set. We'll get it, we'll get it taken care of. Or – they're protecting them because they're going to trade them eventually, eventually, and they want to do some sort of asset management where you're not going to give away a guy for free that you're going to be able to get something back for him. Um, you know, whether it's picks, another player, you know, whatever it is. Um, you don't want to give a guy like that away for free because his contract's up after the season. So, I mean, even if he's still, uh, if he, even if he's on the team as the t- as the year starts, you're trading him at the deadline more than likely because. Why wouldn't you like, you know, he can finally prove that if you trade him to a winner, he'll be able to, to help help them out. Um, but I mean, I just I, I find I mean, people are are pissed because they, they're pretty sure Morgan's going to be the guy that they'll take. And it makes sense. Like he's a young guy, doesn't cost a lot of money, like not that Seattle has to worry about cap issues, obviously, but uh, but a younger player. It's fine. But if they need it, but if they're looking around and they think they need a veteran defenseman, Colin Miller's a great pick. And honestly, if Buffalo wants to keep Borgen, send Seattle a fourth or fifth round pick to take Miller. Like, just, hey, man, just make sure you don't take Borgen. Here's a fourth or fifth round pick. Just, you know, stay away from that guy. Take Miller. That's how you, that's, I mean, that's the way you can do business. They did it last time with Vegas with, uh, with, uh, try, with protecting Olmark. Granted, I think they, I don't know if they gave away a pick that was too high to do that. I forget now. Um, but they took Carrier instead. And Carrier's worked out great for Vegas, but, I mean, that's fine, but, um, but yeah, I think either reason that they're protecting Ristolainen, I mean, it's, 
I think that's both make sense. It drives people nuts because they're like, just get this guy out of town. But I get it. Like I a hundred percent get it. Well, let's put it this way. So they're going to, if they protect Rissolani right here, the school of thought that I think is if he's going to get traded, whether it's after this expansion draft, whether it's after the NHL draft, whether it's before the season or whether it's up to the trade deadline, if they're going to, Unless, like you said, if they make a deal with Seattle so that Seattle would take Miller instead of Borgen, then this would be a moot point. But if they don't do that and they just take their chances, I feel like if they're going to trade Rissolainen, they need to get more back in value than what you would get by losing Will Borgen. Does does that make sense to you? Like, if they trade Rissolainen, what they get back needs to be better than what Will Borgen is or what they project will be because they might lose him for nothing. Right. And I, I mean, that's, that's correct. Um, you're going to, I mean, that's, that's a spot you have to fill in your depth chart to get that taken care of. Cause I mean, you're already looking at probably losing, maybe losing Jake McCabe. Uh, I mean, he's a free agent and he's coming off, you know, a torn ACL that might, you know, that might happen. Um, you know, whether he resigns here for a year just to be safe, what have you, like there's that, but, um, but like you're looking at possibly losing McCabe, you're probably trading Ristolina at some point. Uh, and then if you lose Borgen, then you're losing a young guy that's that's shown he's got the knack to be in the lineup. I mean, he, I think certainly he would be in the lineup next season, uh, regardless. I, I think he's a guy that you need in your top six uh, just to kind of balance things out. Obviously, with with Ristolainen still around, I mean, you, you know, Montour's gone, so you don't have to worry about that. But you've got Yoki Haru, you've got Ristolainen, you've got... Uh, you got Colin Miller, you and you know if Miller goes, hey, fine, cool. That opens up a spot for Borgen, cool. Uh, but if you trade Ristolainen, I mean, I think that's that's a trade that's going to end up being a hockey trade anyway. So yeah, like, but but you're right. You can't lose Borgen for you know and not have something to follow him up in the pipeline. At least, at least right away. Like Ryan Johnson's going to be that guy after he finishes up with Minnesota next year, more than likely. But like next year, that's an immediate issue. Yeah. Well. Are you confident that if they trade, when and if they trade Rissolainen, that they'll get more back without naming anyone specific or a team? Because mm-hmm. who the hell knows? But are you confident that they'll get value back that equates to being more than what Will Borgen is, do you think? Do you think Rissolainen's uh, trade value is worth Borgen or better? Or no? I I want to say, like, I mean, it all really depends on like who, like what other teams are seeing in him and what value they put in him. Uh, honestly, because I'm sure there's plenty of teams that are very stat savvy. They're going to be like, we're not going to touch them with a 10 foot pole. We're not even going to, we, we wouldn't even give you a seventh round pick for him. Like there's going to be teams that are going to be like that, but there's other teams that are going to be like, he's six foot five. He, you know, he flips tractor tires in the off season. He looks like a, he looks like a Finnish God. Bring him on board. Let's take him in. Like, let's do this. Like we've been waiting for this guy all, our, all, you know, all of our life. And those are the teams that you take advantage of. Like that, that's the team you can get your either your prospect replacement or an NHL player of the same position or you know a position another position need that you that you can improve on. Where he's what they bring in is going to be worth more than what Borgen can do. You know, it, it, whatever whatever position it is, it has to be somebody whose value is equal or greater than Will Borgen. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. And what my expectation would be that Kevin Adams. And that's only if you're losing uh, Borgen though. Like, I mean, if you lose Colin right. Miller, then it's like, eh, yeah, fine. We'll work around it. Would you say the best, I mean, of course it would be a terrible player, best case, like 
Uh, Cody Eakin would be the best case scenario for the Sabres to lose, but that's not happening. (laughs) But do you think best case scenario that's realistic to the Sabres would be them losing Colin Miller? Is that like the best realistic case? I think so, yeah. Because I I know Zemgus has been brought up, you know, a little bit in recent days. To me, Zemgus is still a very valuable guy for the fourth line. Uh, you know, I know he missed yeah. all last season with the hamstring with the hamstring problem, but um, but that's a guy like I mean, he's the classic. Put him in your bottom six, you're great. Like you're you, you have you have at least one guy in that in that level you don't have to worry about who's going to do his do his damn job. Uh, in Miller's case, they have an abundance of right-handed shot defensemen. If you lose Miller, like you've got other guys right there to to get it done. Whether you know, and that's even if you trade Ristolainen, you're just kind of like, oh, we'll figure it out. We got it good. By the way. <laughs> I, see, I see you up. keep looking out the window <laughs> i do because again you know the saying in buffalo if you don't like the weather wait 20 minutes well guess what now it's raining and uh <laughs> it's much cooler in here now my concern isn't about sweating to death now my concern is about some rain getting in here and getting on my mixer which is kind of like at the edge of <laughs> the stable so i'm kind of oh, guarding and, and keeping an eye just to make sure that wind don't shift but anyway uh all right so you can't have a savers conversation of course without uh, speculation trade with Jack Eichel, which is a formality at this point. And, and Sam Reinhardt, I don't, I know that your probability in your mind of them getting traded hasn't changed, but like right now, as we tape this, your gut, I mean, let's start with, with Jack. Uh, what's your gut telling you? Like a, a couple teams that has that changed? Elliot Freeman was on WGR on Thursday. He said, there's no clear front runner. Mm-hmm. And the teams that he mentioned specifically, again, without saying a clear front runner was Minnesota, Vegas and uh, Anaheim. Anaheim, yeah, we talked about Anaheim before. Yep. So those are the three teams. Which, by the way, for everyone listening who doesn't know, this a trade freeze actually starts Saturday, so mm-hmm. there won't be trades for what I think it's like five or six days at least. So if nothing happens on Friday, it's what I think it's close to a week or something like that. Yeah, but, I think it. I think it. You can't. I don't think you can trade until after the expansion draft is over. Right. I think right, that's yeah. how it works out because, like the the NHL draft is like what a day or two later. And then yep. free agency starts the day after the day after the draft yeah. concludes. So it's yep. like, yep, yep. You got to You got to <laughs> like you need you need time to start getting those get those wheels in motion. So right. Well, uh, how you feeling about Jack though right now? Has, has anything changed whatsoever? What your gut telling you based on? I mean, he had that interview last week with a Boston station, which I had no problem with, but yeah, it's fine. of course some people did. But anyway, like, oh yeah, what's I, your gut telling you currently? Yeah, I I mean he's still gone. Um, Mm-hmm. I think with what Minnesota did by buying out Zach Parise and Ryan Suter makes them a much more fascinating choice um, because they do have, they do have pieces that they can, that they can trade to make that deal work. Um, the question before was just like, well, you know, they've got these two massive contracts on their record for the next eternity and they still have to pay. Uh, they, they have to get a contract worked out somehow with Kirill Kaprizov, who was an incredible first year player last year. Um, who might go back to Russia still. So it's like, you know, the Wild might be in a spot where, you know, if they lose a guy like like Kaprizov, suddenly you're like, uh, what does this team do for creativity? And they're lacking up the middle. Like since Miko Koivu retired, they don't have a real center. You know, you know, once Koivu was gone, it was just like, mm, we're just kind of winging it at center. And if I get Eichel, I mean, he's automatically the number one center with a bullet. So it makes a lot of sense. And I think we're going to hear a lot more about the wild in the coming days. Uh, but Vegas is fascinating too. Vegas is kind of in the same boat because they don't have a real true number one center. They got a great team. But they don't have the number one. They don't have a number one guy to steer that first line. And that that's been their problem in the playoffs the last couple of years. So 
Um, that to me is interesting. And we've talked Anaheim to death. Like I still right. say that they've got the package that can get it done immediately. Um, I think that's the most flexible team as far as what they can send to, to Buffalo and what, I mean, obviously whatever team gets Eichel, they're, they're coming out ahead in the trade, but I think Anaheim is the most um, attractive way to get that deal done. So like the, those three to me are, are, are the, are the meaty ones. I know the Rangers are still kind of floating around. I know people say Boston, Boston ain't got it. Like Boston ain't got it, man. Like Boston's got to get their defense figured out first. Like, yeah, they can use some, they can use a guy like Eichel. Absolutely. What team couldn't, but, um, but also the Sabres aren't going to trade him to Boston. <laughs> like, like not without getting Pasternak in return, which Boston would never do. Right. Lots of, lots of talk, obviously, about Eichel because he's a mainstream star, well-known player. Sam Reinhardt was a great player, but not quite on that level of being a mainstream star anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, Jack, are you a little bit surprised? Not that he's not going to get traded because I, I, think, I think he is, and I think that you think he is as well. But are you a little surprised that you haven't heard more specifically rumors that are, are involving Sam Reinhardt specifically? No, because I think I think Eichel is front and center for the Sabres focus. Um, and plus, okay. you know, Reinhardt's still a restricted free agent. So there's still that side of things. I, 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 I think, it, you know, I've, I've said this from the start. They have to get Eichel taken care of first before they decide what else they're going to do. Yeah, um, you've said and, that a lot. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of people said that they could test the waters by, by you know, trading Reinhardt first and then seeing what they get in return and then judge that off Eichel. And I'm like, no, that's stupid. Because Eichel, Eichel should be your king's ransom regardless. Like, if you get a great pull for Reinhardt, which you should, that's great. You, like, that's, that's how it should be. But, like, you, to me, you have to clear the decks of Eichel and then see what you've got coming back to, to then figure out what you're going to do with your team. Because, to me, I think the door is still open slightly for, for Reinhardt to stay here. Because I think you can, you can make a huge pitch to him to be like, listen, you're the guy. You know, we got all these, you know, we brought in all these other pieces, all these other players. You know, I know it's a, it's a, it's a rebuild of sorts, but we want to be better sooner than not. And if you got Sam there to kind of steady, steady the ship and you, you know, put a nice long-term contract in his pocket, you know, maybe you, maybe you can convince him. Maybe Don Granato's got some magic where he's just saying, listen, man, I'll take, you know, I, I, brought you this far last year i can well let's take it further next year let's take it further the year after that let's just go for the distance now of course the big thing hinging on that is you know how bad how bad does sam want to get out of town does he want to get out of town like those are the things that hang up on that so i again once they get eichel figured out then i think you'll figure out what happens with reinhardt but well i mean this i've said from the start get eichel done as soon as you can because this uh, the 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 marriage is over and they they just need to sign the papers this is what intrigues me, and it's literally just kind of popping in my head right now, so I really don't have notes on this, so I can't completely piece this together. But here's the thing. All right, so the trade freeze starts on Saturday. That much I know. I'm not quite sure exactly when it ends. I do know that the first round of the NHL draft is July 23rd, which is next Friday. Mm-hmm. So if they don't trade Eichel or Reinhardt and or today, Friday, when people are listening to this and or early Saturday before whatever time it is that there's a trade freeze, there might be what one, maybe two days maximum before the NHL draft, because all the talk I've heard is that if Eichel gets traded or possibly Reinhardt, but definitely Eichel, that the Sabres are absolutely going to have more than just that top pick that you could expect them to have. Because if he goes to Anaheim or, Mm -hmm. uh, or LA, for an example, there's teams picking in the top 10 Mm -hmm. that the Sabres should have two at least two top 10 picks. But here's the thing, man. 
That's a, isn't that a very tight window? Like if they don't trade Eichel now, come Saturday and there's a trade freeze. And again, I can't find the date I don't have in front of me, but mm-hmm. I know that the, the, the freeze gets lifted. I don't know exactly when though, but I know it's before the draft, but not much before the draft. There's not a lot of time is what I'm telling you right. before. If they don't trade Eichel now, there's not a lot of time before this draft for them to get that second top 10 pick. So you're a little surprised that things haven't moved along a little bit more. If that's the focus, unless I'm reading this wrong, but from, from my understanding is there's a freeze that starts Saturday and then it ends. God, I, I'm mad at myself for not knowing the day, but I know it's not long before the draft because round one of the draft starts the 23rd, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's next Friday. I think, I think with this, it's, it's something where, you know, uh, it, it is a tight window. I mean, it's absolutely a tight window. Um, there's no, there's no getting around that. Like if you have to, you have to get things, you gotta get the, you gotta get everything squared away. Like that's, that's the whole thing. But, um, but obviously like if you're, if you're thinking you're going to get another top 10 pick, I mean, I don't think you're sweating too much how you're going to pick things because just because, um, just because you, you, your draft board should already be set is the thing like it, it like that's that's not a worry but it's a matter of just making sure you get the best the getting the best package done and, and and all that and like if getting a pick in the top 10 this year is is what's going to get it done then yeah you got some work to do but i mean i assume and that you know always have to question assuming because you never know right. like you just never know how things are going to go um but like with it, it in in this case you have to believe that they've been working the phones enough to get every, all their ducks in, in a row. Like that to me is, is the main thing. Like I, you know, everybody got mad. Well, not everybody got mad about seeing that Jack interview where he's, he's back in Boston and talked about, you know, maybe one day playing back at home, which, you know, literally every player who's come from a hockey city uh, has said in their lifetime. Um, of course. And, you know, people got mad about that, but it's also like, well, you know, Jack's back in Boston they, you know, the team's probably like, listen, man, go home. You know, just wait for a phone call. Like <laughs> you're going to go somewhere else. Just, you know, just hang out with your folks and enjoy your summer. And you're not going to be with us much longer anyway. So let's just, just wait to find out where you're going. That's, that's, that's basically how that goes. And, you know, I, I know everybody was, was kind of hanging on Peter Fish's words where he said, you know, they're, they're working towards an, a, an agreement on, you know, how to handle his, his injury stuff, which, you know, I took to mean, they're going to trade him somewhere where he's going to be able to get it handled the way he wants. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, it, it, it's the kind of thing where it's, I mean, it's tricky from the Sabre side of things, but you have to like, you have to have the hope that Adams and everybody has everything sorted out and that they're not just scrambling around, just going, Oh geez, we only got a couple days to get this guy traded. Oh crap. What right. are we going to do? Right. Like, that's, I mean, it, it's kind of how the O'Reilly trade felt <laughs> because they had that deadline of like July 1st when he was going to get paid his bonus. And they were just like, well, they don't want to pay him a bonus. They got to get it done by this date. And that's how it worked out. So, um, so, I mean, it's, you know, in this case, you don't have that kind of hanging over your head. You do have a deadline with the draft though, but if the teams that you're talking to say, listen, we'll give you a 2022 pick 2022 first round pick maybe that makes you hold off and say, well, all right, 
Okay. Because and with the, the draft, Sabres luck, the draft's going to be the deeper luck, next year. With the Sabres luck, it will be deeper next year. But with the Sabres luck, that team would probably go from worst to first in one year. You know what I mean? They turn yeah. a shitty team. They think it's going to be shitty and then they end up uh, being the best. It was driving me nuts. So I, while you were talking, I did confirm the date. So yeah, on Saturday, when the deadline is to submit your uh, protected list, that's when the roster freeze goes into effect. Then on the 21st, which is next Wednesday, that's the Seattle expansion draft. Then the next day, the 22nd, is when it's uh, the trade freeze is lifted, which is Thursday. Okay. And then the next night, Friday, is round one in the NHL draft. So in terms of trading Eichel, it's going to happen Friday. It's going to happen very early Saturday. If it happens before the draft, I'm saying it's going to mm -hmm. happen Thursday or it's going to happen Friday at some point and up until whatever that team is on the clock. Not a lot of time, but like you said, it's not like Kevin Adams just woke up today and said, oh, shit, man, you know, I probably should start trying to work on a, a Jack Eichel trade. Just not a lot of dates. That's all I'm saying is before yeah. uh, before the draft. Now, regardless, let's just assume they have one pick, that first pick, in the first round, I should say, anyway, and something doesn't get done before the draft. Do you think it's pretty much a lock at this point that, I mean, because by the way, it's not like there's a lot of time. Literally, a week from now, we'll know this. Yeah. Uh, Owen Power, do you think do you think at this point he's a lock to be that pick? Uh, I'm not going to say he's a lock. I, I I definitely wouldn't say he's a lock at this point. I think there's a lot, there's plenty of talk about William Eklund, um, the Swedish forward who, uh, is been very impressive. He's been, he's been very impressive in Sweden this, uh, this past season. So, um, I would, I would lean on saying like, if you want to get a forward that he's, he's, He's the one to he's he's the one to go on. Like that's you know I you know I know Beniers is gonna be Beniers is gonna be really good. Um, Eklund is you know I mean this is a lot of sight unseen. This is just reading on you know reading others' thoughts. But Eklund's Eklund be a really good pick. But Power would be a really good pick. I mean this is the thing with with a draft where you don't have that number one with a bullet, where you know it's a no brainer who you're taking first. You know people. People can been kind of dumping on the Sabres about Darlene. They're just like, wow, they could have taken Svechnikov. It's like literally nobody was taking Svechnikov with the number one pick that year. Like didn't matter who was picking first. They're picking Darlene that year. Like that was, that's who you're taking. It's, it's like the McDavid Eichel draft. Like people were just like, well, maybe Jack Eichel will go first. No, it, no. Connor McDavid's going first, no matter what. And then it's Jack second and then figure it out from there. Um, this year you don't have that. Like, and the Sabres with all the holes and all the issues and, and how, empty their cupboard is you could pick any one of those guys and you can't argue about it because it's it's fine um is a true best player available situation because absolutely. of the lack of depth all over the place basically yeah right? I, I think i think within those first five to seven maybe the first five to seven picks any one of those guys could end up bl blossoming and becoming a you know a really really good player you know i mean They'll all be NHL players, more, you know, more than likely. I mean, barring weird shit happening. But, I mean, everybody wants to get the superstar. And, you know, they're 18. Like, you don't always know, especially this class. Like, you don't know who's going to be your superstar coming away from this. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's where, you, you know, you get caught in those hindsight arguments. But the scouting right now tells us that power is the odds-on best bet to be the number one pick. But if they go with Eklund... Number one, I don't have an argument for it because he's the best player in Europe. So, you know, you're either coming away with the best guy in North America or the best guy in Europe. So to me, that's that's six of one, half dozen the other. And it's defenseman versus forward. That becomes your argument. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you lose. I don't think you lose either way. Uh, but I mean, there's always going to be that grass is green is on the other side thing that happens, you know, two, three years down the road when some guy is doing this and the other guy's doing that. You're just like, I should have picked this guy, blah, blah, blah. I think I always when it comes to the Sabres, I always think from a marketing standpoint, because they've they've sucked for so long that you had to do it. You know, I mean, it's what mm-hmm. if you're the Sabres organization, you're not putting a good product on the ice. So what can we do this offseason to make fans interested, to get them a little bit excited last year? It was attempting to trade for for Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I don't know how it gets done because again, we just talked. There's not a lot of opportunities, not a lot of time before the draft. But I could see them walking away with two top ten picks. Owen Power being the first and a top ten forward as well. And that, I think that's that's a good marketing. Uh, even though they're not going to do nothing this year, it mm-hmm. just I, their thought process is all right. You got a top ten or the first overall pick, a defenseman, and a top ten forward. That gives you something more to be excited about this team uh, going forward because it's all about marketing, which, by the way, um, I, I also saw Sabres season tickets, same price as it was going to be two years ago. No increase from what would have been last year, which, I mean, to be fair, that's everything's going up in society. You've been around me. You go to the, you're trying to get chicken wings right now. The, the Everything's through the roof, pizza, food, gas, mm-hmm. everything. So at least the Sabres, to their credit, aren't raising their prices from what they were. Uh 200 level seats, 106 to 129 bucks. Fuck that. I ain't paying that much money to go watch that team. Are you crazy? 100 level, 53 to 95. 300 level seats are between 24 to 58. All right, maybe you can coax me into going out to Pearl Street for a, a couple pops before the game, and maybe I'll get a 300 level seat and just drink the whole game. But yeah, man, 100 to 129. I know that's cheap compared to uh, other things. But anyway, at least they didn't do that. You know what's going to be fun, by the way? So these last few weeks, it's that time of year, man. We keep kind of having to recycle a lot of topics. It was Granado for mm-hmm. a long time. Are the Sabres going to hire him? Now, obviously, because he's the franchise player, one of the best, most talented players in history, where's Jack Eichel going? Is he going to get traded? Sam Reinhardt a little bit. Some shit's finally going to start to happen. In fact, starting next week, they're going to lose somebody to the, in the expansion draft. So we'll at least have somebody to talk about, and we'll tape late Thursday night. Maybe there'll be a trade on Thursday Worst case, we're going to be dropping the podcast the same as uh, as the draft. So at least we'll have some shit to talk about that's a little bit fresh, you know? Yeah. Hopefully. It's, it's going to be nice to have some fresh stuff since it's been, what, since, what, May the season ended? Like, the beginning of May the season was over with? Was, oh, God. Which, I mean, the season was over with in March, but, I mean, let's not, let's, let's not, uh, let's not get it twisted. But uh, it'll be nice to have something different to talk about. And, honestly, this roster is going to be really – really different next year like it's i mean it's going to be rough next year more than likely but it's going to be a whole different whole different thing to to analyze Good. and figure out which is Good. desperately be needed different. they've needed roster turnover for ages nothing, right nothing is worse than sucking and being the same if we're going to be shitty for a couple more years be different Mm-hmm. Give me more young guys. Get a couple new guys in there. I don't care if they're good. Oh, I do care if they're good or not. <laughs> but I just want some new people to talk about. I'm so sick of the same shit. But if they're bad, <laughs> at least it's new names to yell at their, that they're bad. You know, it's it's not just <laughs> saying the same names over and over again. Like, yeah, here we go again with this guy. He's back. Once again, we're going to stink. Speaking of stinking, what a perfect segue to get into our starting five to end this podcast, man. <laughs> Two weeks ago, so we didn't have a show last week. Dude, sometimes, you know, sometimes you just beat yourself. You just beat yourself. You do something <laughs> stupid. You know, you're watching a game. You're a fan, Joe. You're watching a hockey game mm-hmm. or a basketball game, whatever. And you're just like, 
Why would this fucking guy do that? You know, what <laughs> What are you thinking? That's what happened two weeks ago. So to, to recap, Joe and I are starting five draft. Every week we draft five uh, figures. I don't want to say guys or girls because it depends mm-hmm. what the topic is. And then I put it up on Twitter and over the weekend, fans vote for who drafted the better starting five. Typically pop culture topics. Two weeks ago, we did favorite all-time wrestlers. I got dragged. I mean, I got taken to the woodshed. You got Joe, killed. J- Joe had 77% of the vote, man. Killed Ooh. me. I'll recap your picks. Rowdy Roddy Piper, Macho Man Randy Savage, Chris Jericho, Mick Foley, and somehow you got Steve Austin at the end. That's just, God, what was I thinking? All right, now me. I only had 23%. I'm going to, well, I'll get through it, then I'll say why. Ric Flair, Jimmy Snooker, more on that bastard in a minute, that murderous <laughs> prick. Uh, Kurt Angle, The Rock, and Eddie Guerrero. Four of my five I like, okay? Four of my five are at least conversation worthy. They're pretty tight in the polls type worthy. Jimmy mm-hmm. Snooker, single-handedly, in my opinion, probably costed me 40 45 points or more. I mean, I lost this poll by fi- almost 50 points. In fact, Ooh. I did lose a poll, but I lost a poll by 50. Uh, I can do my math there. I'm a smart guy. 54 points. I lost a poll by 54 points. 40 to 45 points minimum, Jimmy Snuka. Most ever in the history of all these drafts we've ever done, there's never been a worse pick ever than Jimmy Snuka, which by the way, it wasn't it's even like two a pick. I, he was, yeah, he was my second round pick. It wasn't, <laughs> it was not even. Cause you took uh you took Roddy Piper first, which was stunning to me. But I mean, I loved the pick, and mm-hmm. then I came back with Flair, which you know. But instead of going Rock or or Austin or Macho Man or Jericho, Jimmy Snuka, that was the worst <laughs> second round pick in the history of any draft, literally ever. <laughs> which I should have known better. You know, if I was going to take Snuka, I, sh- I might as well have taken Chris Bedwat too. You know what I mean? I might as well no, just yeah. take them both. If I was gonna just take all the worst well, people. Yeah, I'm gonna take the worst people ever. I should have doubled down. I will say though, and this is yeah, but Joe, this is the the kind of uh, the struggle. The struggle is real. This is the balance that I try to have with these. Okay, when we do these starting five, half of me wants to win, half of me doesn't want to go and, and get bashed to death on Twitter. Although sometimes it can be fun. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I get a good kick out of it, but. I want to perform well. I don't want to get beat 77 to 23. That's what I'm telling you. But, <laughs> but then I also struggle with, I need to, I want to stay true and I don't want to like quote unquote sell out to use it. I mean, this is a wrestling term here, you know, but I was a jobber this past week. That's a great wrestling term. But my point is this, man, I don't want to, I want to pick the people that I like and growing up as mm-hmm. a kid, a young kid, Jimmy Superfly Snuka was one of my wrestling heroes, man. I loved him, and I already talked about him two weeks ago, so I'm not going to talk about why I liked him, but my point was is I grew up like a Jimmy Snooker. That name stuck with me. I knew if I said, I, I consciously didn't take Benoit because I thought he'd get killed. Well, I, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> That's a bad joke. I wasn't, even try, yeah, I wasn't even trying to make a joke. I was, I was going to get beat badly in the bowl by taking Chris Benoit. I didn't think that Jimmy Snooker would have been quite so bad, but absolutely, man, everybody, everybody reminded me of, uh, of that. So there were, there were, that's off to you. Yeah. It's, uh, there were many people in the, in the comments on the poll saying Pat took a murderer. Joe gets my vote. <laughs> I was just like, well, I mean, I'll take a win, but like your team was good. I, your t- my I, five your team is was really perfect. Good. Like I, it I was. would fight for my five all the time. I've, if I would have taken, say, The Undertaker, or I would have taken Sting, 
Mm-hmm. Even if I didn't believe personally, if they weren't one of my top five, this would have been a really close poll. Yes. Because I think nine of the 10 people drafted were worthy. Jimmy Snooker was not worthy. But he was your second so round anyway, pick. He was my second round pick. Am I going to make the same mistake again this week? Who knows? I very well might. I very well might. This week, and this is for sure, and we talked about this, this is probably going to get us some shit on Twitter, but right, I live for it, man. This week, the topic is most overrated TV shows ever. Now, these are popular. I want to explain, too, so everyone knows. These are like shows that were pretty popular that Joe or I personally did not care for, but you had to at least spend a little bit of time watching it. You can't just watch, like, for an example, Lost, okay? Mm-hmm. Lost is a very popular show. A lot of people liked it. I can't include Lost because I watched, like, maybe five minutes of it. Said, eh, this is boring me, and I never watch it again. So it was a popular show, but I never even watched it. So I can't really say it was an overrated show. You got to at least give it a chance. I'm not saying you had to watch it for multiple seasons or even a full season, but you at least had to give the show a good look, mm-hmm. not a five-minute look like I did with Lost. You get that? You cool with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I, I figure we weren't going to be doing this from any sort of uh, just blind hatred or blind dislike or just being like, right. just being shitheads to be shitheads, I guess. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, again, I'm telling you this, and some people are going to hate some of my picks. I don't know how they're going to feel about yours. They're probably going to feel the same, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Because it's so subjective, obviously. You know, it's these kind of polls. That's what they are. Their opinions or mm-hmm. one person's opinions and people vote on them. But yeah, man, every every pick that I have is is a show that I truly think is overrated. So I'm going now. You, I just said it. You took Piper first in our poll two weeks right. ago. You're, you're, you I, got the I number one pick this time. So I got the number one pick. Ugh. I'm thinking of one. I have one friend on Twitter who uh, she's gonna fucking kill me, <laughs> but I, I, I have to do it because I think it's the most overrated TV show of all time. I, I friends. Yep, I knew you're gonna pick I, that too. I don't like Friends. I I've, I think I've said this to you before on the show. I don't like anything about Friends. Mm-hmm. I don't like the six of them. I mean, I liked uh, <laughs> I liked Rachel, but I, I didn't like the six of them. I really didn't. Um, I thought they were corny, cliche, even during that time in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I just did not think it was that funny. It was like Seinfeld to me was that competition and Seinfeld was just head and shoulders. Above. <laughs> you completely disagree. But Seinfeld was head and shoulders above. I just never thought Friends was that funny. I thought the story arcs were, for the most part, were pretty stupid. And I didn't even like the theme song, which everybody loved. I remember in the 90s, <laughs> it was so popular. They played at the bars all the time. I used to, I mm-hmm. bartended in, in the later 90s. And I remember the DJ would play that shit and I fucking hated it. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I just, so I, again, here's one of those. It might not play well with fans, but maybe mm-hmm. it does, maybe it don't. I don't know, but I got to stay true. So, yeah, I'm going to go with friends. And, and then you got the next two now. I'll tell you right now, Friends was number one on my list, too, because I think we've had that discussion yes. a few times, both on and off the air. Just our yes. mutual, just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I know it's popular. I don't get it. Um, my like, I was hoping you were going to go like wildcard again with your number one pick and pick something insane. And then I'd be like, well, Friends, obviously, will be my pick. Uh, but unfortunately, you, you made the right call. Uh, so my next one. I'm picking Modern Family. Modern Ooh. Family wins awards constantly. Yes. Constantly. And this show, every time I watch it, I'm like, I'd rather be watching Arrested Development. Because Arrested yeah. Development's a better show. And Modern Family's trying to be like the, the more 
dumber joke version of Arrested Development. And that's you a know, great th- take. Like they, 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 it's trying to do the same concept, but like dumbing down the jokes. And I'm just like, you know what? No, I'm not taking the bait. Screw that show. I it's I it blows me away that it wins the like comedy Emmys constantly. And I'm just like, I don't I don't understand it. There's there's other funny TV shows out there. Please, God, give like they deserve the award. Modern Family doesn't deserve the award. Get them out of my face. They stink. It's so overrated. I hate it. So Modern Family can go to hell. That's a good um, one. And it's a great take, too. I love the comparison with Arrested Development. And it's like the shows were out almost at the same time. Like, I mean, at least same era anyways. Like, the, you know, Arrested Development goes back a, a little ways. But mm-hmm. like Modern Family was basically like, hey, man, that's, that's a really good show they did over there in Fox. And they canceled it really early. Like, how about we give it a shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, ABC, we got this. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. We'll get. We'll even get some of the same people to be on the show. It'll be great. No, mm-hmm. please just get out and just get lost, please. It's 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 such a ripoff, and I I can't stand it. Can't stand it for the life of me. Can't stand you. <laughs> um, I my phone went dark, so I got to get my list back out here. Uh, my next pick though is The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, I wanted how- <laughs> to like so God. badly, and the first season or two, really good, really good. And then it stopped being good. And now they're into like what? Season eight, season nine, whatever. Season 9,000. Yeah, it feels it's, like it's Jesus. Like enough already. Like how, like how, how haven't, how hasn't everybody died from zombies and how hasn't like everybody just like, just like just died in general, not even the zombies just drop dead in the middle of the field. Just be like, that's it. We're over. Like that's enough already, man. Like, you know, we got to watch friggin' Carl grow up from being like a kid to like being a teenager. And then they finally kill Carl when he's a teenager, when he's finally interesting. And you're just like, Jesus, like, come on, you know, like, for God's sake, like they just everything about it was just like great idea. The, the, the graphic novels are super. And then just decided like, eh, yeah, we don't need to do this right anymore. Just forget it. So, yeah, Walking Dead wanted to like it so bad. But man, people still love it. Like it's still on the air. People still go crazy for it. Nah, nah, over it. Totally over it. It's 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 so overdone. I uh, I mumbled sounds when you made that pick. And the reason why is because that was in my top three. That was in my top three. So Walking Dead. So we kind of been on the same page so far. I, I agree with both yours. You definitely agree with mine. Probably going to change in a minute. But yeah, Walking Dead, absolutely. I was into it for the first couple seasons and I really tried, but then it just got out of hand. And now like, I, I don't watch it anymore and I haven't for a few seasons. But the last I remember, like the zombies are just like a little, they're they're like almost like, just cameos in these shows now the, the zombies <laughs> yeah. actually have very little to fucking do with the with the storyline <laughs> and the plots i can't stand that show um all right so i got two here all right well hmm. all I, right see that, i think so, this is where it's gonna get way more way more interesting i think this is gonna get way is. more who, punchy who's who's gonna make the first big mistake that's what this is gonna come down to i don't want to get jimmy snooker again here <laughs> no but in all, in all seriousness I, for the most part, I like reality TV shows probably more than most. Like I love American Idol. I've always loved the voice. Um, what's that show where they pretty much race around out the world or oh, the, the great the, chase or something. The, the great, oh. yeah. The great race. The amazing race. The, the amazing, amazing race. race. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'm even tolerant uh, of a couple other ones that probably a lot of people don't like, but one of the OGs I never enjoyed and that's survivor mm. never liked that show. And maybe it's because. I have no survival instincts at all. Like I wouldn't last 25 minutes on one of these islands and in these competitions. 
I have no athleticism anymore. I got no lungs anymore. I can't eat weird shit. Um, the heel turns are, are probably the one thing about the show that are okay. Mm-hmm. But for all the hype and all, you know, and all the glitz and glamour of that show, and I do give her respect. I mean, again, it is probably the first great or at least popular true, you know, reality series that had all these seasons. It just wasn't for me, man. I just never really liked that show. I thought it was overrated. So I'm going Survivor. And then this is the one, maybe this gets me in trouble, but I mean, I I think I have a fair reason and so be it if people don't agree. Jeopardy. And here's wow. the reason why. Okay. Well, let me let me tell you why though, Joe. All right. No, I'm okay. interested. Now, now maybe you're, you're, you're probably an exception because you're a smart man, Joe, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, for somebody like myself or 90% of people, you spend a half hour. Now, Alex Trebek was very personable. Don't get me wrong. I like Alex Trebek. So this is not a slam on Alex Trebek. It's not like I'm saying he was an overrated game show host. Not at all. But here's the, the whole premise of it are questions that 90% of people don't know. Okay. You, for every person who can run off a, a good amount of these answers correctly, which maybe you're that guy, there's 20 people who watch that show for a half hour. And what do you get? I don't know. What is it? I'm trying to do the math here on the fly. 30, 60 questions, something like that. Somewhere along those lines, mm-hmm. maybe somebody gets four of them right. So you basically spend a half hour, five nights a week, realizing that you're stupid or that you're not as smart as you are, unless it's sports. Like I used to watch, I would watch Jeopardy with my parents or, or whoever. And I'd be like, sports, 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 no sports. Or if it wasn't something like pop culture right away, I'm done. Most of the categories, I didn't know shit. Most of the categories, people I watched it with didn't know shit. So to me, it was a show that pretty much said for most people, you're not as smart as you think you are, or maybe you're even dumb. So for that reason, I got Jeopardy as a, they're on my most overrated list. I'm, and that's the one that might cost me, but it might. I'm, I'm gonna stick with it. We'll see. I don't know. I like. I don't know. Some of these other ones on my list might it might get me too. But uh, that's that's a bold call. I'll give you. I'll give you the the big balls award for that one because I think you're gonna get wrecked because people are gonna be like Jeopardy. Are you fucking serious? Please. Yeah, but yeah, and those same people who are saying it will spend what, a half hour show? So they'll spend two and a half hours a week watching it to get maybe 6% of the questions right. <laughs> if they're lucky. Unless it's sports questions. Which Go ahead. is the funniest Go part to. of Jeopardy. When there's a sports category, everybody in the show avoids it like the plague. They try to run out the <laughs> clock when the sports, they're just like, we're, we're not answering these. We're not getting them. Nothing is worse than watching Jeopardy, seeing a sports category, and seeing somebody not pick sports. Mm-hmm. Like when they start going to other categories, I automatically root for that person to lose. If they take the like, Greek literature instead of baseball, I automatically hope they lose every <laughs> single time. But <laughs> anyway, all right, go ahead, man. You're on the clock. You got two here. <laughs> okay. So, uh, man, that's the big balls award, though. I, I, I would not have the courage to, to do that. And I don't agree with your argument because I am that guy that, that's able to answer a lot of questions. I've made many dates very upset when they're like, hey, let's watch Jeopardy. I'm like, okay. And then I just start buzzing through and they're just looking at me like, what the hell, man? Yeah, this show man. used to be fun for me. Like now it's not fun. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, well, I'm the one who it wasn't fun for. So <laughs> so you're saying when we go out for wings, Jeopardy will not be on TV. Okay. Got Jay's it. Got a channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I like your picks because you're allowing me to go right down my list, which is, I mean, hey, listen, I figure we're going to have different lists anyways. But my next pick, sure. this might get me in some shit. Saturday Night Live. Ooh, that's gonna Saturday get Night Live is Maybe. insanely overrated now. 
because it's been bad in my opinion. Now, obviously comedy changes generation to generation. I get it, but it's been bad for like 20 years now. My it's, and all, all, my timeline every Saturday night when, when it's in season is just people going like, oh, SNL, gotta watch, oh, so gotta watch it. And then it's people roasting the show for an hour, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. And I'm just like, you know what this is. You know how bad it is. It's been this bad for a long time. And that, yeah. you know, which is insane to me because they've had so many good people, like they've had so many people that have gone on to do incredible things since then. Like it just, you know, even like two cat, like two, it's probably about 10 years ago now, but like you start thinking of like Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig and all them. And it's just like, Jesus, they're all so good. How are they like, but the show stunk while they were on it. Like, I don't get it. Like at least when like Will Ferrell was on it, it was just like, it's still really funny. And then he went on and had a monster career. Like, you know, either guys from the eighties, well, some, some parts of the eighties and then the seventies, like everybody in the seventies went on to have a huge career. So it's, I'll defend this take for you, by the way, Joe, as you get ready to, Drop your next one because I'll say this. I first of all, I do like Saturday Night Live, so this is one that we disagree on. But that said, so every week I I hit Joe up and I'm like, all right, so this week we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And usually nine times out of ten, Joe's like, yeah, all right, cool, let's go, let's go, let's go. I remember one time I said, let's do Saturday Night Live characters, and you told me straight up, you go, dude, I haven't really watched that show in at least 10, 15 <laughs> years. So there would have been nobody in the last like from this pretty much this century on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That would have been on your list. So anyway, whether I agree with that take or not, I, I, you do stand by that. And it's not something you're just saying for effect suddenly, Oh no, uh, the clear blue sky. No. So that has been a consistent take of yours. So I'll give you a lot of credit for that anyway. All right. So you got Saturday night live. And my next one, this show has been on continuously for 30, almost 30 years, maybe 30 years already. Uh, it's WWE raw. <laughs> it is so bad now and Ooh, you know what it's mm. and like it's it's still getting ratings it's not getting as good a ratings as it used to and it's talked about all the time still but it's bad it's it's bad now and it still gets hyped like crazy and like i'm a casual wrestling fan that just knows too much about wrestling which is a weird thing because i get re- i get going about it and then it's like people are just like geez you're a big fan i go actually no um but like Oh my God. Like every time I watch it now, I'm just like, what the hell are they doing here? Like this, it's just so many bonehead ideas and just so much, just, I mean, wrestling is dumb to begin with. Like it's done very well, but it's still kind of dumb, but man, raw has been so horrible, just so bad over the last. It has God. Like I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, Joe. I've told you this on the show. I've watched raw WWE my whole life. I have not watched the full episode of Raw or SmackDown, but especially Raw because it's unwatchable. Mm. Probably in six, nine months, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, it's cool to go to a live event because you're cutting out all the insane shit they do on like to, to make it TV worthy. Like the, right. the, the jump cuts and shit where you get motion sickness watching, watching a match where they're just jumping around camera, 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 just changing the shots just to make it look like whatever. But like you go to a live event, it's great. It's super fun. Like, you know, I went to the live SmackDown they had here before COVID shut everything down. It was great. It was super. It was a, a, an incredibly fun time. But man, like watching it on TV, it's just like, oh God. Like, it's, I can't, can't be asked to, 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 to deal with it anymore. I'm just, and, it, and it comes from a place of love. Like I enjoy wrestling. Raw back in the day was some of the most fun soap opera nonsense. Soap opera stunt show nonsense. 
but it ain't that anymore. Like, it's just, it's completely, it's completely over. Like, it's just, it, to me, it's done. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's a huge hype machine. WWE has got like one of the best social media presences and the hype they drive is crazy. Yeah. But it's done. Like it's, I'm, it's, I'm over it. So yeah. It's done right now for sure. Let's see. Now fans are finally going to be able to come back in. Let's see if that energy makes them start producing better shows mm -hmm. because I agree with your take a billion and one percent. Again, as a lifelong wrestling fan, this is the worst stretch of WWE wrestling I've ever watched in my life. And I've been watching WWE religiously, man, since probably the early 80s when I was like, man, I don't know, 10 years old. I've been mm -hmm. watching it religiously. This has been the worst, like maybe two, two plus years that I've ever seen uh, with WWE programming. So that's good. All right. So I got two more here. My last two. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, by the way, I have names of shows, but I don't have any notes. I just got names of shows. So mm -hmm. I don't got a lot of detail, but I'm going to tell you this right now. A lot of people I know, it's one of my wife's favorite shows. I just can't sit through it. Grey's Anatomy. Ooh, I despise yeah. Grey's Anatomy. They're annoying characters. <laughs> one, of the things, one of the things about a show that really, where I know if I really hate a show, is when there's a show that I don't like, I find myself failing to, to have even one character on the show that like I want to root for. Mm -hmm. You know, like, they're, the characters annoy me so much. And even when McDreamy was alive before that, I hate Dr. Gray, Meredith, whatever the hell her goddamn name is. <laughs> I didn't like any of them, okay? And I and again, without knowing a lot about the show, but haven't watched enough of it and seeing my people I know, my again, my wife, just she if she doesn't watch it live, just DVRs in and just, I just don't like it, man. I can't stand a show and I don't see what people see in it. I don't like any character and I root for misery for all of them. So that alone right there is enough for me to hate Grey's Anatomy or, or think that it's overrated. Um, last one. I don't know how this is going to play. I don't even know nobody's going to care. But So I'm a big, 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 I was a big, big fan of the original CSI, okay? Mm -hmm. I was not a fan of CSI Miami. So I'm Ooh. saying CSI Miami for one reason. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Uh, maybe it's because of the hair. Why everybody loved David Caruso. He was Horatio <laughs> on that show. To me, he is the corniest lead character in a TV drama uh, maybe ever. Like, what's so appealing about this guy? Except for the way, you know, you know he had those one-liners, those quips. The sunglasses. Outside of that, yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't a good looking dude, man. And I don't think his voice was very distinctive. There was no great look about him. There was just nothing about him that I liked. And obviously the show was focused around him. So, mm -hmm. you know, it just, yeah, he never did nothing for me. And it was a very popular show. Again, being a big CSI guy, I thought CSI Miami sucked. It was overrated. So yeah, man, you know, I'm pretty confident about saying that too. So CSI Miami, that's my last one. And now you're on the clock. So you got one more, one more chance to, to win this poll. I have I have reflective love for CSI Miami because it was like the original meme generator because because all the memes yeah. are just like Caruso right, taking the glasses true. off and shit like that was mm -hmm. yeah like that's, that was that was perfect but like being a meme generator ain't a reason to be <laughs> to be a good show <laughs> um, this might seem like a softball toss for overrated because it's so hated already in general people just hate the show but it's been on for a very long time. And I've watched, I watched enough of it early on where I was just kind of like, hey, all right, maybe this will be something. And then I watched it and I was like, oh no, this is going to annoy the shit out of me for life. 
and then it stayed on for ages. And it's the Big Bang Theory. Now that's, that's on my a, list. That's a that's a bad admission for me to say that I watched it at the start. But I was just kind of like, I was like, hey, Kaylee Cuoco, she's she's hot, cool, that's great. Uh, you got the guy from from Roseanne who's on there, who just uh, Johnny Galecki, who doesn't seem to ever age. Um, so like he's on there, and then like, like the the whole thing, and then Sheldon became the main focus of the attention, and I was like, he's twitchy and drives me crazy. Which I know, I know what like what his character's deal is. I understand, but like. It's 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 like having the Simpsons and then you made Millhouse the focus of of like all the attention. And it's just like, just, why? Like just enough already. And like and like to get into it, like not to overanalyze such a garbage program, but like the the whole the hyper stereotyped geek uh, portrayals drive me fucking nuts, man, because no, I'm a geek. I'm a hundred percent a friggin' dork. I don't know anybody that acts like any any like that. I get it. It's it's over exaggerated. It's hyperbole. I get it. But like, goddamn, at least try to get something closer to home. Freaks and Geeks was able to do nerd like kid nerds spot on. But like right. this show was just kind of like let's take it to a cartoon stupid level, which is a sitcom. I get it. But like, fuck me, man. Like, why is it? Why is it still on? Why is there a spinoff of the? Why, why is Young Sheldon a thing? Fuck Sheldon. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I had that on my list. I ended up at, so I had 10 names on my list again with no notes. And you took, well, the walking dead and big bang theory were on, on the list. I didn't think of modern family, but I like that one. Um, so my, the honorable mentions that I didn't have. I, so I'm looking, I had friends Survivor. uh, I also had, uh, I did shameless. I, I thought I considered shameless and this one, I think I would have got in trouble for, but to be fair, these five, I thought were more of Friday night lights. I know a lot of people like that Ooh. show. I did not like that show. Ooh. So I had and scandal and I had scandal on there as well. So those were a couple of the honorable mention ones. Um, I think that you, I, had. I think you opted correctly. Keeping Friday night lights off your list. Yeah, I would have got killed for it. <laughs> you and I, I did think, I, I, You're going to get and, killed for jeopardy. Well, and to be fair, I, I told you a short while ago that I kind of struggled between um, picking, staying true to what I believe, but also what I think might pull well in mm-hmm. this case. I stood, I, the five that I picked, I believe were more overrated than Friday night lights. So mm-hmm. plus I think it's, it'll pull better too. I don't know, man, you're on a, you're either on a three. I don't, I forgot to look it up. I know you've won at least three in a row I for sure. You've won three, three in a row. I think it's, three. it might be. I think it's three Could too. I know four, it's at least three. three. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that it's three too. So anyway, to recap here, I chose friends, survivor jeopardy, which may or may not give me some shit. Grey's Anatomy and CSI Miami. Joe went with Modern Family, Walking Dead, Saturday Night Live. I think that may be the one that gets you in some shit. We'll see, though. WWE Raw and Big Bang Theory, which, for the record, I completely agree with you 100% on your take on that. We'll see, though, because that was a pretty popular show. Just like Friends. I'm going to get, I got to apologize to my friend Megan Megan, because she is going to destroy me when she sees us. See, I'm, I want to give you a ton of credit for for sticking by Jeopardy because the ones that I still have buried on my list, spicy. Like I I did not have the guts to like to just to step out on the ledge and be like, you know what? No, I'm going with this. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was buried on my list. It was underneath. It was underneath a few more show under underneath a few more shows. But I was like, if I get desperate and I got to come out swinging, I got to come out throwing punches. 
I was ready to have it out about like the last two see two or like at least about three of this three of the eight seasons they had, but definitely over the last two. I would have been like, <laughs> this no, would have been like, this would have been it. This would have been a two-part podcast if you had a picture of Rose. <laughs> I would have been going at you for like at least 30 minutes. <laughs> but I mean, like the other ones I had, I had Entourage on there, much to probably your dismay. Um, American Horror Story, which I think is it, it, the scariest show on television. No, it's not. Fuck off, please. Like, I didn't really watch it. No, nah, it's, it's it, like people are just like, oh my God, it's so scary. I'm like, dude, you please, please. Like you're not going to get scary even on like, like cable TV. Like you're not getting that kind of scary. And then, uh, the other one I had, which would have been a, a equally spicy take, it's only ruined because of the last episode, and it's how he married your mother. Yes, it's only the last the episode, episode that kills the whole, like the entire franchise, is ruined because of that. I think in the history of television, Joe, I don't think there's ever been a worse finale in anything I've ever seen than How I Met Your Mother. Because if you would have said How I Met Your Mother, and we did this right before, and we did this draft a week before the finale. Mm-hmm. Again, I would have been going at you hard because I actually liked oh, no, no. How I, I Met Your Mother. On my list the way it wrapped like... up, you're right, right, right. The way it wrapped up, it was without question the worst finale of any TV show I've ever seen, ever. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Like that, but like that made it so overrated to me. It's like you've ruined everything that you've done with yeah. one episode, which is kind of my thought on Game of Thrones, but we'll stay away from that. We'll stay <laughs> away from that discussion for now. We can make that a whole show if we want. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm looking forward to this poll, man. I have no idea how it's going to play out. No idea how it's going to play out. I had an idea last week that I was going to get beat, but I didn't think I was going to get beat that bad. This week, I don't know, man. This is the first time in about three or four weeks that I think I'm feeling pretty good, though. I think I'm feeling pretty good. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, Casual Friday, Joe Yurden. Make sure you're following him on Twitter, at Joe Yurden. I am hopeful of two things, Joe, next week. Number one, we have some fresh saver shit to talk about besides mm-hmm. just who they lost in the expansion draft because they're def- that we're definitely gonna they're gonna lose somebody. We already know mm-hmm. that. And also, let's see if I can get us a sponsor so we can get some free food and we can start <laughs> eating somewhere so that I'm not sitting in my mother's attic anymore. Thanks, buddy. This was fun.